All right, I will say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsor for the, for the month of Adar Base. To thank Leah Sol for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month. In honor of all those who worked so hard to put together the groundbreaking, to thank our week of learning sponsors, an anonymous sponsor for the Refuah Shleim of Aaron Yosef, Ben Chan and Miriam, and the Zichus of Azivuk for Rivka, Rachel, Bas, Batsheva, Rina. And to thank Naftali and Bela Langer for dedicating the week of learning as a Zichus for the Refuah Shleim of Rachel, Esther, Bas, Sara, Fega. Our day of learning sponsors, a day of learning sponsors, Mrs. Salma Wolf, for the Rafur Shlema of Tinok Ben Keshet Maya and Keshet Maya Bas Naomi Gabriella. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, this mother and her baby will both have a complete and enduring Rafur. Well, so with that, let us begin. So we have a, we have a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf Tess 9. We are picking up Amir Tzashem on, on Ches Amad Beis. And we left off at the two dots. Gufa. So we have a lot to do today. Also, like to try to maybe get in a little bit of uh, a little bit of inyani hashkafa for uh, for Tainus Esther just at the end for the last few minutes. So Mir session, let's begin Gufa. So we are two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen lines are from the bottom. Says the Gemara Gufa. So both say remember again revisiting part of our sugya from yesterday. Rebbe Omer the lakach ulekacha the yavam Remember again Rebbe Darshan in yesterday's daf. This was on Ches Amud Aleph. Rebbe had his drasha that by the Pasuk of Yibam, the Torah writes certain words, two words specifically, in an elongated form. Instead of saying Belakach, it says Belakcha. Instead of saying V'yabam or V'yibam, it says V'yibma. So Rebbe darshined those elongated forms of the word in yesterday's daf. So the Gemara says, so Rebbe Omer, and Rebbe understood that the elongated form here was here to go ahead and prohibit both sorrows and arayos. To go ahead and prohibit the arayos. Again, we had a whole discussion. Do you need a pasik to prohibit arayos or not? But again, went ahead and prohibited arayos and then also went ahead and prohibited sorrows, the co-wives. So it says the Gimara. So it says the Gemara. So first of all, how do you go ahead and see tsaras in there, right? Does the Torah make any mention of co-wives in that pasuk? That's number one. Further, we're going to both say tsaros are learned out from the word litzror, and litzror ultimately means what? Litzror halacha la refers to tsaros. Tells you that anything that applies to the co-wives applies to the tsaros as well, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Rebbe uses litzror ultimately again like Rebbe Shimon. Okay, so we'll say that's the drasha we'll see later on. So the Gemara says, Hachaksiv, tsara, what about tsara? Hachaksiv, again, the Gemara says, tsara hachaksiv, but still, does the Pasuk make any reference to tsara? In other words, how are you darshaning Sara out of this Pasuk. How are you dashing anything to do with co-wives out of this Pasuk? The Pasuk makes no reference to co-wives. This is what it means to say. If that's the case, that the Torah... This is what the Pasuk means to say. This is just a drush from yesterday. 
Torah could have just said V'lokach when speaking about the mitzvah of Yibum. My V'lokcha. Why does the Torah use an elongated form and say V'lokcha? Kol hecha di'ika treilikuchin di'bay nasif hai v'bay nasif hai sharia v'ilo tarvayo asin. Rabbi says it's a fascinating drasha. So the fact that the Torah writes the elongated form v'lakcha instead of v'lakach, Rabbi darshans as follows: When is yibum possible? When is yibum possible? In a case where there are two widows, if you have the ability to marry either of the widows, then Allah alamai say yibum is possible. But and that's the elongated form of v'lakcha. When you could take Rebbe's darshaning, it essentially to mean when you could take them. So when when the brother dies and he has two wives, if you're permitted to marry either of those two women, then yibum is possible. But the moment you are precluded from marrying any one of those women is the moment that what yibum becomes prohibited with both of them. That's v'lakcha. Great drasha. The yibma. What does the yibma mean? And what this goes back to yesterday's daf. Ultimately, I will say, what does Yibma teach us? That Allah says the only time that the tzara of an erva is going to be asr is when? In a Yibum context. But as we saw in yesterday's daf, the tzara of a Yibum is not prohibited. I will say that was a very fine point that we, that we discussed a number of times yesterday. Saras Erba, the co-wife of an Erba, is only prohibited to the man in a situation of mitzvah, yibum, but in a non-mitzvah situation. Halacha Lamaisa, the co-wife of an Erba, is not prohibited. So I will say, this is the drush of Rebbe. The lakcha elongated form teaches me when you could do yibum with either wife, then ultimately, again, you could do ye- then, then there is a mitzvah of yibum. But if you're precluded from doing yibum with one of the women, then yibum becomes usher with the other one of the women as well. The yibma, elongated form of the yibma, teaches me the only time tsaras erva, the kawaif of an erva, is problematic is when? B'makom mitzvah. Shalom b'makom mitzvah, meaning in a non yibum context, the kawaif of an erva is not problematic. Good, I will say, that is the drasha of. Rebbe, we'll say, I just want to point out, this, this secret to success of Yivamas, I don't know what the secret to success is of Yivamas, right? I'll say, but, uh, an idea that I would like to put out there, I had, a, I had a discussion with someone about this yesterday, is on each staff to try to remember the, 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 the major nekudos, a, a couple of major points, that's why I try to do the, the review, right? To, to try to be more consistent with the review. It's just, that, to, so for example, this sheet of Rebbe, this again, this is a point to hold on to because this is going to serve as a launching point for a couple of different pieces of the discussion. Again, it's hard in Yavamas to retain every single thing, especially when learning it dafyomi at the speed we have to go. But Lamais, again, a couple of Iker Nekudos. goes weiter. Virabanan. So what do the Rabbanan? The Rabbanan who argue with Rebbe. What do they say? Virabanan. Hai vilakcha my avdile. What do the Rabbanan do with vilakcha? Right? What do they do with their prolonged form? So in Bailahu, the Khid Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Khanina. They use Vilakcha. Rabbi Yoshani, what is the Amr Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Khanina? Vilakcha. Rabbi Yosi is fascinating. Malamid, Shemegar Shabiget, Umachzira. So let's listen to this. Virabanan. See, I'll say, let's be clear. Everyone acknowledges that the Torah is writing these words, V'lakcha and V'yibma, in an elongated form. 
So once it's writing it in an elongated form, I have to ask myself, why? Well, what is it exactly that I'm being taught over here? So Rebbe has his drushas. Now the Rabbanon's drasha, listen to this. They say, that teaches me about this. It's fascinating. That Allah, once a man does yibum, let's say he does yibum, and you know what? The marriage doesn't work out. What are his options? His options are the same options as any other marriage. He could divorce his wife. How does he divorce his wife? He gives her a get. So will say, what's the Havamina? You might have thought that once you perform Yibon, that's it. That's it. Or maybe that, maybe that Allah Chalamaisa, Chalitza is the way to exit that marriage. Kamash Malah, no. Once you perform Yibon, that Yibon relationship morphs into a regular marriage. And the same way that a regular marriage is ended with a get, so too again, so to this Yibam marriage is ended with again as well. Not only that, I will say, listen to this. What's the halacha of a man divorces his wife and then they choose to reconcile and get remarried? Is that permitted? Yes, as long as what? The woman has not married anyone else in the interim. The same halacha applies to a Yibam scenario. And this is fascinating. Let's say a man does Yibam. Okay, marriage doesn't work out. He gives her a get. Then they decide to reconcile. The halacha is, the Rabbanon say, he's permitted to remarry. Then I will say, now what's the novelty in that? You might have thought, one might have thought, and logically so, that look, Yibum to begin with, we've spoken so much about this, Yibum to begin with is, is unique in that it allows an otherwise forbidden relationship. So one might have thought that, okay, you could do Yibum, but if you decide to end that relationship, then what? Then what? It's done. It's done. Kamash Malan, Vilakha, teaches me, I could divorce the Yibama with a get, and not only that, we can, if we reconcile, I can remarry her. Fascinating, fascinating. The Yibma, what does the Yibma teach me? Al-Karcha. Supposedly, this is actually a fascinating concept that we'll discuss. What happens if the surviving brother violated his, his brother's widow? Right? So let's say again, so let's say the surviving brother went ahead and violated the Yivama. We're going to see that technically speaking, that affects Yibum even though it's done to her against her will. We'll get into the mechanics of that, Amir Tzashem. But that's the Yemah. So we'll say, so again, so here's what we have, just to keep this in mind. Fundamental locus. here's what everybody agrees on. Lakcha, Yibma are written in prolonged form, therefore they're here for a drasha. According to Rebbe, the Lakcha teaches me, if you could do Yibam with both of them, then you could do Yib, then how mitzvah of Yibam applies. If you can't do Yibam with both of them, like for example, in the case of an erva, then you can't do Yibam with either of them. Good, that's, that's, that's the lakcha. The Yibma, Rebbe teaches us, Saras erva is only problematic b'makom mitzvah, in a Yibam situation. But the co-wife of an erva is permitted outside of a mitzvah situation. Rabbanon, the lakcha, teaches me, if I want to divorce the Yavama, I can do so with a get. And not only that, I can remarry her, as long as she didn't remarry anyone else in the interim. And the Yibma, ultimately Yibam works even against her will. Incredible. So I said, that's the Machlokes. So now, of course, you know what's going to happen. We're going to go back and forth and try to figure out how each opinion learns out the halachos from the other opinions, drashas. The Rebbe, where does Rebbe learn out? The concept of Rabbi Yossi Bachanino, that Allah again, the ability to divorce the Yavama with a get and to remarry her. Isha Nafka. He learns it out from the Pasik that says, Isha, both say the fact that the Torah says that the surviving brother takes his sister in law, Isha as a wife, indicates to us that all of the halachos of normative marriage 
apply to the Yibam relationship? So the Gemara says, Where does he learn out the concept that Yibam could even work against her will? The fact that the Torah says that if the Yavam, if the Yavam comes on to her, right, ultimately again indicates that Halacha Lamaisa, Yibam could take effect even if it's against her will. Good. So Shabbos says, therefore, I give Verebi, Vahai Aleha, my Avile. Shabbos say again, no matter how much we think we've closed out the discussion of Aleha, we have not. So we're back, Shabbos say, to Gimalama days. We're back to Gimalama days. Right? The Aleha ultimately, again, by Achos Isha, by wife's sister, ultimately, again, we're back to that. So what does Rebbe do with Aleha? So says the Gimara, my Avile, mi Baile, Lichidisanyo. Rebbe needs it actually for something totally different. Totally different. What does he need it for? What does he need it for? So the Gemara says, So we'll say, this is fascinating, because now, it's incredibly fascinating, because now Rebbe is going to use this drasha for something totally unrelated. Not unrelated, but unrelated to what we've been discussing up until this point. So watch this. So says the Gemara, so say so now we're talking about as follows. If the basin, if the Sanhedrin issues issues a psak halacha that's wrong, right? They could maybe issue an erroneous psak halacha, and the general populace acts based on that psak halacha. Okay? So there is a special carbon that they have to bring called a par he'alam davra minat sibar, which literally means a par, which is a, which is a cow and ox, that is brought for, for something that was hidden or obscured from the tzibar. So this is the halal, this is the carbon they bring. Should they be responsible for delivering an erroneous psak halacha? So the Gemara says like this, the Bible says this, Bezin is not chayiv, ela al davar shezidono kares shigasochatos. And I will say, they're only liable to bring this carbon if they pass in erroneously regarding something whose intentional commission is punishable by kares, and unintentional is punishable by, by achata. So we'll say, to give you a good example, to give you a good example of like this, uh, let's say the Bezin Paskin, let's do this, Bezin Paskin, that you're allowed to marry your wife's sister, right? You're allowed to eat on Yom Kippur. So these are things that have done intentionally, your chayv karis, if done unintentionally, your chayv achata. So Bezin issued an erroneous ruling in this type of context, then halacha lamaisa, they have to bring a par halam davrminat sibor. V'chein ha-mashiach. So to the mashiach. I will say, who's the mashiach? Halavai, we should find out soon. But but in this context, this is referring, of course, to the kohen mashiach, right? To the to the kohen. So the Gemara says, v'lo, I'm sorry, v'chein ha-mashiach. Good. So type of test. V'lo ba'avodas kochavim. And when it comes to matters of idolatry, right? So let's say again, let's say the tzibor, went ahead and worship, inadvertently worshipped idolatry. So I will say there is, we're going to see that for inadvertent worship of idolatry, if the tzibar, if the congregation did this, they have to bring a par for an ola and a seir, a goat, as a chatos. So it says, So I will say, so remember again, so there's two things happening over here. There is the halacha when it comes to the Beisdin, right? So if the Beisdin issues an erroneous ruling, or the Kohen HaMashiach, the Kohen Gadol goes ahead and issues an erroneous ruling. 
if they permit something whose intentional commission is karis and unintentional commission is achados, then they have to bring their unique karbanos. Par helam davar par kohen mashiach. Similarly, if the tzibor, the congregation, worships idolatry, worships idolatry, and worships in a way where intentional commission would have been kares and unintentional chatos, in that case, the tzibor will go ahead and bring a par for an ola and the seer for a chatos. Good. So I'll say, Sigmar says, Utsnanami, we learned, Komitz Shabbat Torah. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. So it says, Tonight, Nami. Tonight, Nami. Come with the Shabbat Torah. Shechayav and Azdor al-Karais. Vashir Gas al-Khatos. Never ends well when you gulp coffee like that. It's good. Sigmar says like this. Tonight, Nami, we learned. So therefore, again, these are just two different halachic constructs. On one hand, you have, again, par coin, par, right, coin Mashiach, right, the, the coin Gadol issues an erroneous ruling, based in issues an erroneous ruling. So the Bryce is saying that Allah they each bring their respective karbanos, but the only time that there's liability for them is in a case where Allah they issued an erroneous ruling regarding something which, if committed intentionally, is a chiv chatos, unintentionally is, I'm sorry, intentionally chiv karis, unintentionally chiv chatos. Okay? That's the common denominator. Similarly, if the tzibor inadvertently worships idolatry, they have to bring a par as an ola and a seir as a chatos, but again, that's only in a situation where they worshipped in a way where if done intentionally, would have been chayev kares, unintentionally chayev chatos. Okay? Keep this in mind. Yutinanami, we learned, Furthermore, we learned that what? Any mitzvah in the Torah, really means any aver in the Torah, if you, which if you did intentionally, would be chayev kares, and unintentionally chatos, yochid mevi kisba o seira. So this is not talking about, in general, an individual's committing an Avera. And it's the type of Avera, which if done intentionally is a Chiv Kares, unintentionally is a Chiv Chatos. If an individual commits the Avera, Yochid, maybe Kisba, an individual will bring a sheep, Osiira, or a goat, a female goat, right? Nasi, maybe Seir. A Nasi, right? If the Nasi was the head of the Jewish people, he'll bring a seer, right? That could be the Melach, right? The, the king will bring a seer. Mashiach ubeizdin mevian par. And ultimately, again, if it's the Mashiach, right? The coin of Mashiach, the coin Gadol, or the Beizdin, they bring a par. What about again, if Halach Lameisa, there was the inadvertent worship of idolatry, so it depends who does it. Yochid, so Yochid, Nasi, Umashiach, so if it's an individual, the king, or the coin Gadol, Mevian Seira, they bring a female goat, Sibor, Mevian Par, right, Visayr, so the Sibor, if they did it, will bring a Par and the Sayr, Par the Ola Usir Lachatos. Good, so both say, this is pretty much just a beautiful halacha. I mean, it's not a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful because it's halacha, but it's talking about, again, the different levels of carbonic liability. We start out by talking about liability for erroneous rulings, 
then liability ultimately again at the Tzibar worships idolatry, and then we transition into again personal liability. In the case of the Nasi, the case of the Mashuach, uh, the Koin Mashiach, the case of a regular Yachid, and the case of a Tzibar. To which the Gemara says, fine, from where, from where do we know this? Where do we know this? The so we'll say the Pasik says, and they will know, and the Tzibar will know, right? So we'll say this is talking about a situation of where the Kal worships idolatry. So the Gemara says, and they will know the Chatos Asher Chatu Aleha. They will come to know the Chet, the sin that they sinned Aleha, about it. So we'll say, now watch this. Here we go. But remember again, how, how, why, why are we doing this now? Right? Like, what does it have to do with anything? Remember, we'll say, we just had an incredible machlokis, Rabbi and the Rabbanon, about how to darshan v'lakcha v'yibma. At the end of that, what did the Gemara say? By the way, Rabbi, what do you do with what? What do you do with what? Aleha. Aleha by achosisha. Here we go. We'll say, so watch this. Rabbi Omer, ne'emar kan aleha. It says over here, this is incredible. It says over here when it comes to, it says over here when it comes to inadvertent worship of idolatry, Aleha, Benemar, Aleha, Lon, Aleha, and it says by Achos Isha, Aleha, Malaha, Lon, Dover, Shechayoven, Azadono, Kares, Ashigigos, Ochatos, Afkan, Dover, Shechayoven, Azadono, Kares, Vashigigos, Ochatos. Wow, wow. I will say, so listen to this, there's Xero Shava. There's Xer Shava, this is wild. There's Xer Shava, ultimately again, between communal inadvertent worship of idolatry and the prohibition, <coughs> excuse me, to marry one's wife's sister. Wow. And therefore, Rabbi says like this, just like by Achos Yishra, will say, what's the halacha? Achos Yishra, if a person intentionally marries his wife's sister, it's a chi of kares. And if he inadvertently, if he inadvertently has relations with her, then what? So to Rabbi says, when is the Tzibor Chayif, right, to go ahead and bring their karbonos for inadvertent worship of idolatry, when they worshipped in a way that had it been done intentionally, there'd be a Chayif Karis, and unintentionally a Chayif Chatos. say now, in idolatry, how do you make a distinction between that which is Chayif, for Karis and, and Chad, look at Rashi. Second Rashi from the top. So we'll say, for example, so, so offering up a carbon to idolatry, burning kitores, incense, nisuch, going ahead and wine libations, or bowing down. So we'll say, those are all things that if done for idolatry, if you do it intentionally, it's a chi of Karis. We'll say, for example, if you kiss an idol or you hug an idol, even if you did that intentionally, interestingly enough, that, that's not a chi of kares. Or as well, so to say it differently, the only time that there is a chi of kares for intentional violation of, avo, of worship of the Zara is when you worship the Zara in the same way that what? We worship Hashem. Or you do avoda in the Beis Hamikdash, but if you kiss an idol, even if your intention ultimately is for idolatry, that would not be a chiyuv kares. Fine. So we'll say. So ultimately, again. So where does Rebbe know? This is fascinating. Where does Rebbe know that Allah Maisa, the only time that Sibor is chayiv to bring their unique karbanos for communal worship of idolatry, is in a case where they worshipped in a way that had it been done intentionally, there would be a chi of kares and unintentionally chi of chatos, 
from Karbanos to Achos Yisha, to wife sister. Just like a wife sister intentionally, Chiv Kares, unintentionally, Chiv Chatos, so too by communal worship of Avodah Zara. Incredible, incredible. Ashkechon Sibor. So fine, so now you made Xir Shavah to the Sibor. Mashiach Miralan. How do you know about the coin Mashiach and about the coin Gadol? Says the Gemara, Dechseb Mashiach li Ashmas Ha'am. Ultimately, again, the Torah says, by the Mashiach, it says that the Mashiach is treated like Ashma Sa'am. But say, Ashma Sa'am means like the iniquity of the people. So what do you see from here? Hare Mashiach Ketzibor. Ultimately, the Torah itself compares the coin Gadol to the Tzibor. So whatever is true for the Tzibor, will be true for the coin Gadol. To which the Gemara says, Yochid Vinasi. Okay, what do I, how do I know about liability for individual, just an individual and the Nasi? Asya Mitzos Mitzos. To make Xerah Shava ultimately again a mitzvah, mitzvah. Beautiful. So I'll say, so therefore again, below, below, ba'avodos kochavim ela adar shachiyavin azdona kars al shigosachat. So I'll say, so again, I just want to point out now, of course, you know what's going to happen. So I'll say, so now, now that we kind of, all we wanted to know, by the way, is what Rebbe does with Aleha. So I'll say, what does Rebbe do with Aleha? What does he do with it? Xerah Shava from Achos Isha to communal worship of Avodah Zara. That, that's the answer to the question. But of course, once we open this door, right? Once we open this door, so we're going to continue to go down this path a little bit more. So it says the Gemara, and remember again, when it comes to Beisdin's liability for erroneous rulings, so let's say they permitted something with Avodah Zara, they're only going to be chayef parahelam davar minat sibor when ela abdavar shechayoven azadono kares only for something again which you've done intentionally would have the chi of kares, unintentionally chi of chatos. Tzibor, ba'avodos kochavim. Now we'll say, what about the tzibor when it comes to the communal worship of avodah zara? Yolif me'ene ene. Gzer shavav ene ene. Yochid nasi umashiach. What about the boss? So again, we're not gonna we're not gonna delve too much into all of these drushas. The Gemara is just working this all through. Yochid nasi umashiach. What about the individual, the the, the king and the coin gadol? Meviim nefesh achos. So we'll say echad yochid veechad nasi veechad mashiach b'mashma. Ultimately, again, that comes to include both a liability for an individual, the coin gadol, excuse me, the king and the coin gadol. Vav Mosif al Inyon Rishon, Tachton Mina Elyon. So I'll say because there is a Vava Mosif, which is an additional Vav, the Vav ultimately again adds on to that which was stated earlier and ultimately tells that you can learn out that which was stated later from that which was stated earlier. Good. So I'll say that concludes the Rebbe piece. So I'll say now I know what Rebbe does. So I'll say again, here's what you need to remember. Machlokis Rebbe Rabbanon, just keep the flow. Machlokis Rebbe Rabbanon, Ahara Darshan, Vlakhavi Yibma, Rebbe has his approach, Rabbanon has their approach. What does Rebbe do with Aleha? Rebbe learns out Aleha ultimately again to communal worship of Avodah Zara. Just like Achos Isha is a situation where intentional violation kares, unintentional violation chatos, so too, when is the Tzibor Chayiv, their unique Karbanos for communal Avodah Zara worship? When they did something that had it been done intentionally would be a chiv kares, unintentionally is a chiv chatos. Beautiful. That's it. Now, the Rabbanon, so I'll say, now remember again, the Rabbanon, Darshin Aleha, here now, now of course they have a problem. Right, what's our problem? The Rabbanon ultimately again use Aleha for evil. 
right? They, they use the Pasek of Aleph for even as we spoke about before. So we'll say, now what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Where do they learn out that Halacha Lamaisa, Chatos is only brought for something that if, for, for an infraction that if done intentionally is a Chiyiv Kares, and unintentionally creates a chiv chatos. So where do the rab? All this stuff we just learned before. Where do the rabbanon learn all of this out from? So watch this. So rabbanon high svarim Where do the rabbanon say learn out that a chatos only comes in a situation where for or for an avera, which if done intentionally would warrant a chiv kares? Where do they learn that from? So menaluhu nafkaluhu midemikri le Rabbi Yoshua lebre. So I said, listen to this. They learned this out from that which Rabbi Yoshua said to his son. Torah says, Torah achos yihia lachem laoseb b'shkaga. Torah says you have one law for everyone who commits an avera unintentionally. Vanefesh asher taseb biyad rama, and for the person who goes ahead and commits an avera intentionally, hoksha. So we'll say, now here's what's interesting. The Pasuk over here, the context of the Pasuk is talking about a situation where halacha lamaisa, the tzibor commits an avera, or specifically, again, tzibor worships idolatry. So the Torah says, Torah achos, there will be one law for the person who commits an avera unintentionally, and the person who goes ahead and commits an avera intentionally, the person will experience kare. So both say, the subject over here is Avodah Zarah. But look at the Lashon the Torah uses in talking about Avodah Zarah. It says, Torah Achos. There will be one law. And what do we learn from here? Hukshakala Torah Kula, let's go have him. The Torah compares, the Torah compares, the Torah compares all of the mitzvahs or all of the Averis in the Torah to idolatry. Ma Avodah's Kohavim, Dabr Shechayavim, Azadon, Karsashir, just like Rabbi said, when it comes to idolatry, you're only chayiv if you do something whose intentional violation will be chayiv karis. If you commit that same act unintentionally, you're chayiv achatos. Af kol davar shechayavan asadono karis al shigagoso chatos. So Rabbi said, this is incredible. The Rabbanon say, kala Torah kula is learned out from avodah zara. Just like avodah zara, there's only chatos liability if you do something that had, which, which, whose intentional violation has a chi of kares, then if you do it unintentionally, bring a chatos, that becomes the paradigm for kala Torah kula. Anytime I violate an avera, which had I done it intentionally, would have a chi of kares, if I do it unintentionally, carries with it a chi of chatos. Beautiful. Ashkechon, yochid, vinasi, umashiach. So we'll say that covers an individual, the king, and the coin gadol. Bain avodas kochavim, bain b'shar mitzvos. That right, whether it's idolatry or all of the mitzvos, tzibor ba'avodas kochavim inayin. How do I know what that loch is when it comes to the tzibor and communal worship of idolatry? Amar the pasuk says vim nefesh. Pasuk says if nefesh, they will say nefesh covers who? The pashtos nefesh covers everyone. The yomot al yon mitachton. And ultimately, again, we can learn out the, that which was discussed earlier from that which was discussed later. So we can learn out Sibor, which was earlier from that which was discussed later. Elet Sibor, Bishar Mitzvos Minalan. Rather, I will say the Shail is Sibor in general, even outside of idolatry. How do I know that if the Sibor violated an Avera, whose intentional commission would be a Chi of Kares, 
that if they did it unintentionally, they're chay b'chatos. Yolif me'enim me'enim. So we'll say they learn out from Gzeri Shavu. The Rebbe. So we'll say so now. Okay. So now we have. So we'll say so now we have where how the Rabbanon learn out the chiyuv chatos for kares bearing infractions. Now we're switching back to Rebbe. The Rebbe. Hi Torah achos my avidle. Rebbe. What does Rebbe do with the drush of Torah achos? To which the Gemara says, Mi He says he leads it. He needs it as follows. Watch this. This is fascinating. The Torah makes a distinction, ultimately, again, between individuals who worship idolatry and a rabbin. I will say now, what do we call it when a rabbin, when, the, when, when a community worships idolatry? Rashi tells us, Irnidachos. That is a city which worshiped idolatry, a condemned city. What's the halacha? Listen to this. Yechidim, so the Gemara says, Yechidim beskila. So I'll say Yechidim, when they, when they, when they, when they shalom, worship idolatry intentionally, are put to death by stoning, by skila. Now I will say skila is considered to be the most severe form of, of execution. So listen to this. So Yechidim beskila, lefichach mamonan palat. But I'll say because they're executed in the most severe way, their possessions are spared. It's almost as if there's like a balance over here. If you have the most severe form of execution, so the Torah kind of takes it easy on your possessions. Merubim b'sayif, but let's see, if the community goes ahead and worships idolatry, they are put to death by the sword, which is considered to be a more kal form, right? The more lenient form of execution. Ultimately, the fichach mamon on Avon. I will say, what do you do with the possessions of an Iranidachos? What do you do with it? What do you do with it? You destroy it. You destroy it. Lefichach mamon on Avon. Yachal nachlok bekarbonosein. You might have thought that, therefore, again, because because their executions are different, that therefore, again, ultimately, their kavanah should be different as well. Talmud Lomar, Torah achos yelochem. Therefore, say, what does the pasuk say? According to Rebbe, Torah achos. It will be one Torah. One Torah, one halacha, you bring the same Krabanos. Incredible. So we'll say, and we'll say, that's what Rebbe does with Torah Achas. So the Rabbanon used Torah Achas to teach you the paradigm. What's the paradigm? Anytime you violate a Kares a a bearing Avera, ultimately, again, unintentional commission of that same act will yield the Chiv Chatos. Rebbe says, no, it comes to teach me that although the punishments for idolatry are different, depending on who worships, the kabbalas are always the same. The reason ultimately this is true is because it's Torah Achos. So apparently according to Rebbe, had the Torah not said Torah Achos, you would have might have thought what? That different people should have different kabbalas or different like... A, a, a city on Iranidachos should have one carbon. An individual should have a different carbon for inadvertent commission. So the Gemara says, well, how would that work? My Lesu. So ultimately, again, what should the Tzibor bring? Lesu par. So if you would say, ultimately, again, they would bring... Lesu, or what should the... What, how would you be mechalik in the Karbanos? If you say that he brings a par, Tzibor v'shar mitzvah, demaisu kisba. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, my Lesu. Remember again, the Tzibor brings the par if they go ahead and they inadvertently violate other mitzvos. So the Gemara says, Kisba, maybe you'll say ultimately a female sheep, an individual brings a Kisba for other infractions, Sawyer, maybe it's a goat, a Nasi brings that by other mitzvos, 
par the ola usir lechatos. Maybe it's a par for an ola nesir lechatos. Tzibur ba'avodas kochavim hu demaisi. A tzibur already brings that for their infractions. Ve'elamai. I will say, what do you have to say? What do they bring? A seira, a female goat. Yachid nami hainu karbano. But that's also the karmel of yachid. So it turns out that anyway, the tzibur is bringing the same thing as a yachid. To which the Gemara says, it's trich. I'll tell you why it's needed. Sagadai tchamina, I might have thought, hawil vitzibor bahora maisu pardi olos yilachatos. Since Rabbi Sayyid, in a case ultimately again, where the tzibor received erroneous instruction, they bring and they act on it, they bring a par for ola and a silachatos in hunami naisu. Perhaps an individual should also bring that. Therefore, Rabbi Sayyid, the Gemara says, ipcha, I'm sorry, in hunami naisu ipcha. Perhaps the individual should bring just the opposite. Inami tsarech vein lo takano. Or I'm afraid he has to bring a different carbon, but there is no remedy for him. Kamashmalan, no. Kamashmalan that Allah Chalamaisa, that Sibor actually brings the same carbon as the Yachid. Good. Amrali Levi, the Rebbe. So both say, so fine. Now both say, we have how everybody's darshaning everything. Beautiful. Amrali Levi, the Rebbe. Ma'iria Ditani. Ditani Tesla. So I'll say, now we're going back to the Mishnah. Both say, so by the way, it appears that now, it appears that now, we have officially closed out the Sugya Valdeha. Right, yeah, that's that's what it appears, right? We've essentially explained how everyone and their brother, right, right, everyone and their brother has darshaned Allah. Suppose it's not the Gemara. It's a different question. Only Why does the Mishnah only mention fifteen cases? Well, second, back to our Mishnah. Why does the Mishnah mention fifteen cases of women who are exempt from uh, from yibum and also exempt their co-wives? Listni tesayin. Why not go ahead and mention 16? Who are the 16? So we'll say, we'll discuss in just a moment. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, So we'll say, this is pretty strong, right? So Levi says to Rebbe, I don't understand why Halacha Lamaisa and Mishnah only mentioned 15 cases. There should really be 16 cases. To which Rebbe says, it appears that you have no brain in your head. Okay? Which means, the Gemara says, Why, what are you, what are you assuming should be the 16th case? So Isa the Gemara says, Imo Anusas Aviv. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about the following case. You're both say, here's the case. Let's say again, you have Reuven and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon. And again, what happens? Their father, Yaakov, violates a woman. Right? Well, before you have Reuven and Shimon. Yaakov violates a woman. As a result of that act of violation, ultimately, again, they have a son, Reuven. Reuven, they're not married, right? Obviously, right? Yaakov violates women, they're not married. Good. So they have a son, Reuven. Reuven has a brother, Shimon, right? They have the same father, different mothers. What ends up happening now? What ends up happening now? Shimon, Shimon marries the woman who his father violated. Anusas Aviv. Right now, I'll say, we already went through this sugya and we explained that Allah, so we paskin, you're not allowed to marry your father's wife, but you can marry a woman who was violated by your father. So now I'll say, so Shimon, Shimon marries the woman violated by his father, who also happens to be what? His brother's mother. Hanukkah parties are very interesting. I just want to point it out, right? Right, who also happens to be his brother's, right, his brother's mother, right? So Shimon marries the woman violated by his father, right, who also happens to be Ruvain's mother. Now what happens? Shimon passes away without children. Shimon, right? Remember again, the mitzvah of Yom has nothing to do with whether or not the woman has children, right? Obviously in this case, the woman, right, the widow has, cho- has children, right? Her son's name is 
Ruvain, who also happens to be now the man who stands to do Yibam with her. Right? So Shimon passes away, right, leaves behind his widow. So now you have a situation of Ruvain having to do Yibam, well, Ruvain, technically speaking, being the Yibam with his mother. So the boss says, obviously, Yibam can't happen in that situation. So what Levi was asking was, why don't we include that case? Right, that, that seems to be a good case to which the Gemara says, Anusas, so, Imo Anusas Aviv, Imo Anusas Aviv, Plukted Rabbi Huda Verabonani. Supposed to listen to this very quickly. So ultimately, again, the case of Anusas Aviv is actually a Machlokes case. It's a Machlokes case. And ultimately, Rabbi say, and this has to do again, again, it's, it's a, well, it's, it's a, we'll just call it for now, it's a Machlokes case. The Mishnah does not include any cases subject to Machlokas. The 15 cases of the Mishnah are meant to be cases that everyone agrees with. So the Gemara says, Velo, is that true? That there are no Machlokas cases in the Mishnah? Vahari Isra Mitzvah, the Isra Kedusha, the Pligiravi Kiva, the Rabbanon. Ultimately, I will say there's the case of Isra Mitzvah and the case of Isra Kedusha. So we're going to see Isra Mitzvah refers to cases of rabbinic arayos, women who are, women who are not arayos de oraisa, but only arayos de rabbanon. Those are cases of what we call isra mitzvah and isra kidusha. Isra kidusha both are cases, for example, where the man can't marry the woman because of kidusha case. For example, mamzeres. Let's say the surviving sister-in-law is a mamzeres. So those are cases, we'll, we'll see that, those are cases that are subject to Machlokas, yet again, the Pligiba, Rabbi Kiva, Rabban, and the Katani, and ultimately they're stated in a later Mishnah, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Bepirkin Kaminon. We're talking about an Arparek. In Arparek, we don't like to include any cases that are subject to Machlokas. So ultimately, again, I both say, but yet, even in our Mishnah, Beishamai says, Soros of an Ereva are permitted, and Beisilal says they're not. This is incredible. Beishamai b'makom Beisilal ena Mishnah. I will say when Beishamai disagrees with with Beisilal, it's like there's not even a machlokas. I will say this is very strong. First you've got first you've got Rebbe, you've got Rebbe saying to Levi, you don't even have a brain in your head, which we don't have. We have to discuss, right? We have ultimately again the Gemara saying when there's machlokas Beishamai Beisilal, it's as if Beishamai doesn't even exist. What about the case of the brother who was never alive at the same time as his now deceased brother? Remember again, that's the case of Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven passes away, leaves right without children, right? And then what happens after Reuven passes away, a third brother is born, Levi. That case, Ahmed Beis, the Pligi, Rabbi Shimon for Rabbanon, that's the case of Rosef Machlokis for Shimon Rabbanon, Vikatani, Sorry, and I will say ultimately again that's included in the Mishnah. So you see, the Mishnah does include machlokes cases to which the Gemara says benolad ulabasof yibim lopligi Rabbi Shimon. Ultimately again, I will say in the case of nolad ulabasof yabam, in the case of where Levi was born before Shimon did yibum. Ultimately, again, that's, there's no machlokes in that case, and that's the case of the Mishnah. I have our Boshia, Chalukhai Rabbi Shimon Aparishona. Abi Aroshia says Rabbi Shimon did disagree even in that first case. Ha'isosi Raboshia, Sevaisos Raboshia. Vahamar Rabbi Huda, Amarav, Vichintani Rabbi Chia. So I'll say, listen to this. Rabbi Chia espouses a principle over here. And I will say, what's the principle of Rabbi Chia? I will say, I'm just going to read this quickly. I will say, just because it's already 6 30, so I'm going to spend one more minute on this. I will say, I'm just going to tell you what we're going to do with this Gemara. This Gemara, which appears on Chaf Vav 26, opens up a whole new discussion with a whole bunch of complicated cases. 
we are not going to delve into the cases over here. We're going to delve into the cases when we get to Chaf Vav, but I just want to read, we're going to go through this Gemara right now. We're going to do this at times in Yavamis. There are times we're just going to accept the fact that we're not going to delve head, head, head first into the cases because we're going to come to them later. One of these situations. We'll say quickly. says in all of these cases, I apply the following principle. That which is Asr, or she which is Asr to this brother, is, is, could be permitted to a different brother. And one who is Asr to this brother could be muttered to this brother. And ultimately, again, a sister who is also a Yevama does Chalitza and does not go ahead and do Yibum. What is this talking about? Rabbi Huda says this principle only applies to the cases of mother-in-law and on in our Mishnah. But for the first six cases of the Mishnah, it does not apply. My time, what's the reason? Because ultimately he will say that Mishnah is only applying to cases of marriage, not to cases that are a result of violation. says, explains, Habai says the principle could even apply to a daughter who's a result of a violation. Because he holds that the Mishnah's cases can be both cases of marital law as well as cases where the woman was violated. But in the case, ultimately, again, of a brother who was not born at the same time as his now deceased brother doesn't apply. Since that case is subject to Machlokas, ultimately, again, we do not go ahead and include. Rav Safra says it can even apply to a case. Our brother was not born at the time of his now deceased brother. And that can come up in the case of six brothers. And I'll say another case that we are not getting into right now. And ultimately, again, this goes according to Rabbi Shimon, top of Yud. We're really covering good ground today. Vesimavich. Meis nolot v'yabam. Meis nolot v'yabam. The way to remember this ultimately again is it only works in a case of where the brother passed away. Then ultimately again, the new brother was born. Then Yibum occurred. Ela l'rebi hani klali lesle. Rather than I say the bottom line is according to Rebbe, the klal as espoused by Rabbi Chia, the third line down from Tessam Beis, does not Apply. I will say, just to kind of bring that together, my apologies for the speed at the end of Amud Beis. I will say, is again, we're going to see all of these Gemaras. These Gemaras actually, they don't belong here. They belong on Chav Vav. The Gemaras quoting them is in totally secondary fashion. We'll see them on Chav Vav. I will say, again, the parts to remember, I'll go, I'm going to, I'll record the Chazara today. But just so you understand how we got to this last part, I will say, all we were just trying to figure out is, why the Mishnah only includes 15 cases? Why doesn't it include the 16th case? So ultimately, again, the case of Anusas Aviv, to which the Gemara wanted to say, essentially the bottom line is, we're only including cases in the Mishnah that are not subject to dispute. Everyone agrees on the 15 cases here. The dispute cases will Amir Tashem come about a little bit later on. I will say, Shkoyach. Amen.